Hey everybody, welcome back to Ubaldi Reports. Well, the first presidential debate is now history. Now everybody is speculating who won and who lost this debate. Well, I have to, I'm doing the same thing, but I take a different t track than most people. I rated the debate a tie. Now, people can question that analysis, right or wrong, but the way I looked at it, I would judge it a tie. Now, first, Donald Trump, all he had basically to do was kind of show up. The bar was set so low for him because the Clinton campaign and Hillary Clinton herself and everybody else said this guy is just unqualified and repeatedly kept mentioning that. So basically, all he had to do was show up and basically kind of look plausible as a presidential candidate. Now, Donald Trump didn't go over the top, but at times he kind of resorted to his bombastic um, ways, kind of interrupting Hillary Clinton some could say that's a, a good way to go. I'm not so sure. I think he should have just let her speak, and then when he needed to comment, comment against what she said. But either way, he didn't resort to his most of his bombastic ways that he did during the uh, Republican primaries. But Trump did allow himself to be to be forced to play defense, and Clinton, and Clinton used that tactic and exploited it. Now, Trump also missed few key opportunities to go after um, Hillary Clinton. One was the email scandal, and I don't know why he didn't go after on that when there was one big opening, but he didn't take it, and we'll get to that a little bit later. Didn't mention anything about the Clinton Foundation's activities and the State Department and the money being raised for both Hillary Clinton and um, her husband Donald Trump, I mean uh, Bill Clinton, her massive ties to Wall Street and other issues. Now, Hillary Clinton presented herself as we all know she would. She is. She has a very strong command of the issues and a solid understanding of policy as it relates to foreign affairs and the, the, uh, the national policy or domestic policy. However, the one thing that stood out, she never conveyed a clear vision of what she's about. What's her campaign about? What is her vision for her role if she becomes president? And the key component that she was never asked and Donald Trump never pushed is how would her um, presidency differ from oh, the, Obama, the Obama administration. Now, missing on Monday night's debate were details of the candidates' domestic and foreign, pol uh, foreign policies, including how they would handle the U.S. economy and the challenges posed by what's going on around the world and foreign governments and organizations. Now the candidates battled you know, over taxes, race, terrorism, but they left many unanswered questions. And what are their specifics on these policy proposals? Now Lester Holt of NBC News, he failed to press, press both her, you know, Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump on these particular um, areas. So. That was one of the big flaw of the whole debate itself. But basically, the, de the debate centered on three themes. The U.S. economy and the achievement of prosperity, America's direction, and America's national security. Now, the first question was dealing with jobs and the economy. And Lester Holt each asked each candidate, how would they create viable employment and deal with income inequality. Now, first, Hillary Clinton responded because she was the first person asked this question, and she stated, "I want us to invest in, in the American people. I want us to invest in 
America's future. That means jobs in infrastructure and advanced manufacturing, innovation and technology, clean, renewable energy, small business, because most of the new jobs will come from small business. We also have to make the economy fairer. That starts with raising the national minimum wage and also guaranteeing, finally, equal pay for women's work. Now, she continued to discuss other areas such as family leave, earned sick days, affordable child care, debt-free college. And Hillary Clinton said she would finance these economic changes by raising taxes for the wealthy and closing corporate loopholes. Now, Donald Trump nor Lester Holt pressed Clinton on how would her proposals be any different from what President Obama has tried? Now, Lester Holt posed the same question to um, Donald Trump, and his answers were focusing more on bringing jobs back from overseas and a sharp reduction in taxes. Now, Donald Trump said and stated from his, his plans is to reduce taxes from 35% to 15% for companies, small and big business. That's going to be a job creator like we haven't seen since Ronald Reagan. It's going to be, be a beautiful thing to watch. Now, his focus was on trade and taxes. However, Lester Holt failed to question Trump about how other countries would react when he instituted his trade policies. One of the things he said in the debate that when American companies set up manufacturing um, plants in, let's say, Mexico, China, or whatever country, and he really reiterated Mexico, that if they bring that product back into the United States, they would pay a sharp increase in tariff or taxes on that product. Now, the question is, all these trade deals that have been signed in the past, like um, NAFTA was a big complaint by Donald Trump, and Trans-Pacific Partnership, which just was signed but hasn't been ratified by the Senate yet, he wants to redo, especially get rid of NAFTA and restart all again or renegotiate it and definitely get rid of uh, Trans-Pacific Partnership. The question is, what would he do differently? And what would the countries do if we pulled out of these trade deals, because we've now seen we've got protectionism on two parties. Usually the Republicans are really staunch free traders, where Democrats are kind of in the opposite. Even Hillary Clinton, who was once for it, and she said she was always against this or wasn't as strongly for this, but that begs to differ when she stated that she believes this is the gold standard of all trade deals. So we'll get into that a little bit now. But each of the candidates were never pressed, and Donald Trump specifically was never uh, pressed on his um, trade policies. And that's where it just focuses was on that. Now, both candidates sparred over trade, and and basically it came down to whose plan for economic growth for the country would expand the national debt. Whose would expand the national debt more than the other? Hillary Clinton said Donald Trump would expand economic the national debt over hers, but economists across the country have said even her plan would expand the national debt. And the reason for that expansion is both candidates fail to deal with entitlement spending, which is the biggest driver of the U.S. national debt, which is sitting around $19.5 trillion and should be about $20 trillion by the new, whoever the new president takes office. And even the Congressional Budget Office, which is a nonpartisan group, stated last month that the deficit will rise this year. This goes against what the, the Obama administration is stating. It goes up to about $500 billion for the budget deficit, 
And then each subsequent year after that, it'll continue to rise. And I think about two or three years, we will go back to trillion dollar budget deficits. And this is coming from the increase in entitlement and healthcare spending. So in health entitlement means the Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, interest on the debt, and now with the Affordable Care Act, we're seeing health care costs go up. So, but they're not asked these questions. And that was a, a glaring flaw in that debate. But now the candidates went into and sparred over the future direction of America. And the moderator focused on race, especially with regard to the string of African-American shootings by the police across the country. That seems to be the big thing. And even today, there was a shooting in um, San Diego. So that was the big thing. Now, Hillary Clinton focused primarily on reforming the criminal justice system, often implying the system is rigged against the minority community. And when Trump was asked to respond, he focused primarily on law and order. And he was citing the examples of Chicago and the deplorable conditions in many of the inner cities across America. Now, they traded barbs over that, especially with Donald Trump's law and order approach. And he did mention the stop and frisk that was popular among New York City's mayors, Rudy Giuliani and Michael Bloomberg, who used this tactic to substantially reduce crime. Now, that was challenged by the court, a, a court and ruled unconstitutional, but Mayor de Blasio, de Blasio later discontinued this policy, utilized it, saying this court ruled it unconstitutional, but he never appealed that decision to a group of judges. He just went off one judge. And Lester Holt chimed in and said uh, stop and frisk was ruled unconstitutional because they unfairly targeted the minority community. Now, this was rebuked by Trump, and fact checkers before have stated that it was ruled unconstitutional, but Mayor de Blasio never challenged it into a higher court among a group of judges to see if that was constitutional or not. But the debate focused slow, solely on policing and its impact on race. Well, but it was never mentioned, nor were any of the candidates asked, what about the federal government? We've been pumping billions upon billions, I mean, well over a trillion dollars into many of these urban centers, and we still have uh, minimal results. Now, Donald Trump did mention that these inner cities are extremely um, depressed, almost looking like third world countries. So the question is, what's going on in these third world cities? Now, what really wasn't brought up much, was just hinted at it, is that Donald Trump did mention that almost the vast majority of American cities are controlled by one party, and that's the Democrats. And many of these cities, which he didn't go into and elaborate on that, have been controlled by Democrats for decades. Chicago goes back to 1932, Philadelphia to the 19, early 1950s, Cleveland, and some of these other cities have routinely had long-term Democrats running these cities. Now, Hillary Clinton says, we want, this is going by her on her website, not what she said in the debate. She wants to invest more resources into urban America, but she did not provide details in the debate about how her actions would be different from what has been done in the past. Trump argued that Democrats control many urban cities across America, like I mentioned, and have, and have exerted this control for decades. But now Donald Trump failed to mention or state 
nor was he pressed by the moderator. What would he do differently beyond just the law and order aspect? Because everybody's focused on, on the police side. That's half the battle. What about the other education of many of these urban cities, the lack of economics and the lack of business opportunities? So we got to focus on all aspects, not just on one. And that was never mentioned. And again, the entire focus on America's direction was the need to change policing by law enforcement and Trump's law and order approach. <clears throat> now, finally, the, the last aspect was secure in America. The first, they focused on cyber, cyber warfare. <clears throat> Holt started the questioning by asking, we want to start with a 21st century war happening every day in this country. Our institutions are under cyber attack and our secrets are being stolen. So my question is, who's behind it and how do we fight it? Now, Hillary Clinton was asked that straight off the back. And she mentioned Russian cyber attacks, especially with regard to the attack on the Democratic National Committee's computer network. This is right before the um, Republican, excuse me, the Democratic debate, which WikiLeaks dropped a bombshell how the Democratic National Committee wanted Hillary Clinton and not Bernie Sanders. So... She went on to say, we need to make it very clear whether it's Russia, China, Iran, or anybody else. The United States has a much greater capacity. We are not going to sit idly by and permit state actors to go after our information, our private sector information, or our public sector information. Now, the one thing that was perplexing to me, or basically I was stunned, is Donald Trump failed to respond or focus on... The email scandal, because if Hillary Clinton says she's worried about outside actors, even James Cuomo said he couldn't prove it, but he was more than likely Hillary Clinton's emails were hacked and they were available to anybody who could hack into them because the State Department computer system was hacked. So if they were hacked, even John Kerry believes his emails are continually being hacked. So why wouldn't they have hacked Hillary Clinton's private server when James Cuomo said Gmail had better sec internet security than the Clinton email server. So he never mentioned that. I, I don't know why he never mentioned that because that would have been um, a huge opportunity and it would have reminded her of her untruthfulness and duplicitous nature as regards to a lot of different issues. This was a key one. I don't know why he didn't do that. But then the question moved away from cyber warfare and it moved to how to defeat ISIS. Now, Hillary Clinton, if you go to her website, she does have a plan to defeat ISIS. The only problem with that is it's fatally flawed. Now, Donald Trump, for all the, the bombastic and over-the-top rhetoric, all he states is, we're going to defeat ISIS. We're going to win. We're going to win. But he never gets beyond that. So... The reason I said that she has a plan, but also it's extremely unrealistic and it's doomed to failure. And the reason I'm getting to that point is Hillary Clinton keeps saying we're going to work with our Arab allies in the region. But she and definitely Donald Trump failed to understand the complexities of the Middle East. And the one thing when she says we'll work with our Arab and other allies in the region, our allies the Gulf states, Sunni Arab nations, and Israel don't see ISIS in the same way that we do. They look at the greater threat is coming from Iran. 
Now, Iran's heavily involved in Syria. They're in Iraq. They're in Yemen. They're in um, the West Bank. They're all, they're all over the place. And Lebanon, with its proxy forces of Hezbollah, which is a Shiite terror group, and Hamas, which incidentally is a weird one, it's a Sunni terror group. They arm them and they send their weapons and its troops through Syria to their proxy forces in Lebanon, which with Hezbollah and Hamas in the West Bank and Gaza Strip. So the question becomes, how are you going to work with our Arab allies when they don't see the same threat that we do? So, And there's many complexities like what would we do with Syria? No one's talked about that. Assad looks like he's going to out, outlive the Obama administration. What happens when we get rid of ISIS? What replaces ISIS? Especially in territory gained by Iraqi forces in, in Iraq. I mean, they took Ramadi and Fallujah. That was by Shiite forces, and that's mainly a Sunni area. What about Mosul? The Kurds? What about Turkey's heavily involved? They wanted ISIS, I mean, uh, Assad to go. The Saudis wanted Assad to go because they see that threat coming from Iran. Israel sees ISIS as a threat, not as their bigger threat is Iran because Iran is funneling weapons and equipment and uh, troops to Hezbollah. And Hezbollah has well over 100,000 uh, missiles, very accurate missiles aimed all over Israel. So that's what they're worried about. So when the Civil War ends, all these fighters come back and they're highly trained, got combat experience. That was never mentioned. So it was just to defeat ISIS and that's it. And Esther Holt never asked him. And Donald Trump, obviously, he just sticks to that. We're going to defeat ISIS. We're going to defeat ISIS. But what's changed? But neither Donald Trump or Hillary Clinton have articulated their visions for the U.S., after Obama's presidency end. President Obama liked to have America lead from behind. He wanted other state actors, and he mentioned this, he would like to see Iran be a regional power. He doesn't mind Russia going through the Middle East. He wants other people, to, other countries to do the heavy lifting while the United States stays behind. The question becomes, and none of these two candidates have ever articulated, what vision do you see for U.S. foreign policy abroad? And the other thing that was never mentioned was immigration, the refugee crisis, especially the president wants to increase the amount of refugees coming from Syria and other parts of the Middle East to the United States. They were never asked about Russia, China, or any other region of the world. I mean, we got Russia all over, excuse me, in Crimea, Ukraine, in the Middle East, China and the South China Sea. But then we got... A, Something in our southern border. We've got Venezuela on virtually getting ready to collapse. Colombia may lose a democracy. Nicaragua, El Salvador. All these countries are playing a factor. And what's going on in Africa? We had Nigeria. Remember, it was only a couple of years ago when Boko Haram kidnapped a lot of um, um, Nigerian children or women. They still have them. So where are we at on that? So we've got a lot of problems and nothing was asked. And again, they offer no global vision regarding the United States, especially when the country is focused on economic problems. So the, the president, these candidates need to address these issues, these dilemmas, because whoever takes office is going to face a lot of these problems. And they're not going to give a couple months to kind of ease into the job. They've got to make decisions from day one. Now, 
Hopefully in the next two presidential debates, the moderators will force the candidates to be more candid and thorough in their answers. America needs to know if our next president has well-developed domestic and foreign policies or will or we will regret not pressing them for solid answers and this will be to our detriment. So we need answers and we get we I expect the media to challenge these candidates, not just challenge one or challenge the other, challenge them both. You said this, how does this work in the real world? How are you going to jump how are you going to be different? than President Obama, or just give you another term, and for Donald Trump, what was your, what is your plan? What is your detailed plan? We haven't heard this from both sides. So, and this is what this whole podcast is about. If you get the chance, go to Ubaldi Reports on my Facebook page, my Twitter account, go to the website, you can see some of the things I post, um, type remarks on um, Stitcher and iTunes, on Ubaldi Report, so I know what you want me to research and discuss, and I'll discuss it. Hey, but keep listening to Ubaldi Reports. This is our opportunity because whoever becomes president, we're going to be stuck with that person for four years. So we better ask them to know what we're voting on. If you get a chance, go to Amazon or uh, Barnes & Noble or any of the major book manufacturers. I have a book out titled The New Business Brigade, The Veteran Dynamic Impact on U.S. Business. Basically, why businesses need to hire veterans and the untapped resource they represent. Again, thank you for listening to Ubaldi Reports. Keep listening and let me know what you think, but keep listening to Ubaldi Reports.